Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host. I'm, well, I'm not your host. This is a thing. I'm not your host. So... I'm not really going to do any uh, big intro for this. I'm going to just uh, drop in the recording because uh, all will become uh, apparent. So uh, strap yourselves in for uh, a very unique episode. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him. Right, we're recording. Uh, sitting opposite me today uh, is uh, the uh, host of today's episode, Scroobius Pip. Yes, I'm the host now, so I have to remember how Stu starts off the beaten track. If I remember rightly, it goes, Welcome, welcome, welcome to the no, Stuart no, Whiffin no. podcast. Part of the Stuart Whiffin podcast network. It's about music and how it soundtracks our life. It's like Desert Island Discs, but... With less listeners and less history. <laughs> That's basically it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that, I've now got that recorded. That's now <laughs> going to get used on every possible episode of any podcast I ever do again. That's your new yeah. jingle, so there you go. Yeah. yeah, here we are. How's it going? Yes, it's all right. It's all right. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I just thought it would be a, uh, an interesting thing. We spoke about this ages ago and what's interesting before before we get on to the, the nature of today's podcast yeah he's, he's, he's taken he's, he's taken the hosting seat back listeners G- go ahead I, ju- I just did didn't i <laughs> go um, ahead go ahead mate <laughs> but, but the first ever one yes was you yeah he was there was the guest on the first one and i was so so nervous it was weird wasn't it because we've had loads of conversations but because you were having to ho- again it's good now that that, that you've jumped str- str- straight into hosting again yeah. And you were having to, to take the lead. And it's weird, because you'd hosted Hardcore Listing for a while at that point. But yep. it's with Chris. But you do tend to have to be the one that b- brings the focus and, and, yeah. and the drive. <laughs> you have yeah. to be the grown-up. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and it was just... It's, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to today being able to kind of, you know, talk about music with you and, and not be so nervous. And obviously, and it's always nice to to talk to you on a podcast and, and not be pissed out of my mind. Yeah, uh, that's as, always uh, good. As, as, and as the case on the drive I, I always think on f- f- format podcasts, these are the most exciting ones. No matter what guest Brett Goldstein gets on, I'll be more excited to hear his films to be buried with than any guest he's got. Um, same on, like, off-menu. 
I, they yeah. have some amazing guests, but I really want to know what Ed will choose as a dessert because he's not a dessert guy and what James will choose as a starter because he's not a starter guy. So it's that kind of thing. It's the same on, on this. It's those who've, who've listened for, for, for ages. This is as exciting as any guest because it's hearing the host's answers to all these questions. Yeah. Did you think about your answers when you were writing them? Yeah. And have you... Have they? Do you feel they've remained constant, or have you changed, replaced any? Because again, you get uh, guests on who'll say, "How about this intro or whatever else?" And it'll be like, "Oh, you might have bumped my number one off or my number five or whatever else." Well, it, it was really weird that um, I had, uh, which by the time this episode comes out, it would have been out when I, I spoke to Maxine Peak. She chose um, Puff the Magic Dragon. Uh, for for one of her tracks, Brilliant. which and as soon as she said it, I was like, "Oh my god, that was mine!" Of course, that was mine. Yeah. Um, but and and there's you know every time somebody talks intros, you, you're like, "Oh!" But then most people will always say about any of these song choices that they could change at any given point. Yeah. You know, it's just mood, isn't it? Yeah. You wake up one day and you just think, "Oh god, yeah." Was, you hear something on the radio. I was going over these questions, and I generally half of them I've no idea what I said on my episode because they will have changed. Because there will have been ones. It's like, oh, actually, I'd go with this now, or actually, I'd go with this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely understand that. That the more you hear, the more other people throw up. The more you're like, yeah, I, I back that. Well, I'm, I'm going to kind of make sure I keep off the gas of trying to uh, be controlling hosts. So I'll, I'll leave it to you yeah, to uh, well, explain the nature of today's episode. Yeah, it's it's again, it's it's essentially going to be me asking you all the questions um, that you have asked so many people over the years, and finally get to hear your answers and your views. So let's kick things off with the song. I mean, we just kind of mentioned it. Uh, f- f- for you, Stuart Whiffin, what is the song with the greatest intro? Hmm. Well, I think uh, I'm, I'm, when I initially uh, put the podcast together, and it, it's it's long been probably my favourite ever record, and it, 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 it is "Be My Baby" by the Ronettes. Right. You know, just as soon as you hear that, dum 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 cha. Dumb. Yeah. Just, and I just think, right, the, uh, my favourite record's going to start, and I get goosebumps. I've, got, I've literally got goosebumps right now, yeah. just thinking about, just thinking about the, the the genius of that record. But I've I've spoke about that record so many times, and and how much I love it. And and I heard something the other day that made me just think, this is one of the greatest ever intros. Uh, and so I'm going to go with "Fight the Power." Right. Um, just because even without the, 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 the speech at the beginning, yeah. because the 12 inch version I've got hasn't got that on it. It just starts with the kind of like the, the almost like the scratch yeah. and then the, ah, oh, and then that beat just drops and it's like, just, it's, it, when, when I think of like aggressive, hard sounding records and intros like, Sleep now in the fire, or yeah. something like that, which is just like just rah, like straight away. And and recently, lots of people have chose Teen Spirit, uh, which is an obvious call of arms kind of record. Which, but I just think just the hardness of the drum sounds of Fight the Power, without without even hearing a word out of Chuck at that point, just when that beat drops, and I, I just think 
it, it reminds me of so many things. It reminds me of, of just going to a, a market in greys and, and buying the 12-inch of it and 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 kind of i'd seen the trailer on the tv for do the right thing yeah and uh and and seen like the kind of like the little intro skit of um rosie perez um just boxing yeah like, to, to just that beat before the rap even starts and it's like this is so cool like you know and and just the whole so then when you saw the video of of them just marching through you know wherever it is in america i'm not sure yeah. uh but it was just that just the whole impact of, of of Public Enemy, who I was, you know, definitely aware of, and 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 have been listening to Public Enemy, you know, long before Fight the Power. You know, I'm at an age where I was really lucky that when, you know, Don't Believe the Hype and you know Rebel and that dropped, it was like I was like sort of 13, 14 at school, and it was like this is the most exciting music yeah. that's happening at the moment. You know, the the, the the kind of what was happening in hip hop. But I just think for me. That record was the one that just took it to a different level for for Public Enemy, I think. And I just think that intro's just like as soon as I hear it, I just think, oh man, like it's just got a groove and a, and a power, and yeah, it's just it's yeah, it's it's rebel rousing and 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 just yeah, fires me up. So I'm going with that. I love it. Do you feel things like that are strengthened when they're? They have regular appearance in popular culture. Um, you mentioned "Be My Baby" originally. The amount of songs that that's been in, that is, or films, sorry, that that's been in, that is this amazing part. And "Fight the Power" as, as well. That start of, of "Do the Right Thing," and when these things pop up, even a song like "Fight the Power," it'll get dropped in on a documentary all the time, or on a YouTube video, or, or something like that. And I think that really cements it, it with you more so than say you went to see a band at some point and had the best intro you've ever heard in that moment, but because it's not then been backed up and backed up and backed up and part of pop culture, it drifts away a little bit. And not just culture, you know, not just pop culture, but culture, yeah. you know, look, you know, in the times we're living in now, that song's never been more fucking relevant. Yeah. And like, you know, what it, it feels probably more relevant now than it was then. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's you know, Chuck's never backwards in coming forwards with his, you know, his thoughts on, you know, racism, oppression, and and, and stuff. And I think, you know, fight the power. As, you know, it's probably definitely been getting more more airplane in recent times. You know, due to the the fucking state of the world. Yeah, yeah, it's one of them where I've 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 talked about it a few times recently because of a few of my songs that are political. That you always start out thinking I want to write songs that are timeless, but then it's really depressing when it's something like fight the power that's timeless and forever relevant because the point of it is to highlight change that's needed Mm. and to continually see fight the power relevant 30 years on is kind of saddening in its own way yeah yeah totally but but as, as far as intros go i think it takes some beating pip yeah i think you're right it's it's really good is can you think of any that have Stood out from other guests. I'm not going to do this on all of them, but because intro is one that is. Can you think of any that, that that someone said that you thought I didn't think of that? Um, someone else said the. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I think. Uh, I when whenever you know, Nirvana would be up there for me yeah. because 
but it's one of them songs that you know it's it's like Mr. Brightside. It's like you've heard it a million times. So you almost take these songs for granted that they just, you know, you've all heard them so many times, they're just there. But it's like that. you should never overlook the significance of them songs and the power of them songs. And, and I, I had a moment maybe about six months ago where I, I went back and, you know, as you know, I've been playing Nirvana in the, the indie clubs for 20-odd for years. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, I'm... I'm sure at times I've actually got sick of hearing it. Yeah. But I went back and listened to the Live and Loud album, yeah. the, the MTV show they'd done. Yeah. And, it's, and it just reminded me what, what a fucking band they are, what, how amazing his voice was, and just, yeah, the glorious racket they made. And, and Teen Spirit, you know, whatever you know, Kurt's thoughts were on the production on that, I think Butch Fig just got that right yeah. and, and when he described it as like uh being in a house as it collapses on top of you when that drops yeah. and i was like that stuck with me and yeah i i think you know a few people have have, have used that and 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 somebody um chose one the other day um from from the band of utah saints uh that episode's probably not out yet um but they chose uh the source featuring candy statton right uh, you got the love, yeah. Um, and specifically that version, which is a, a hybrid of um, Frankie Knuckles, your love. Now, are you familiar with the ticker 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 ticker? It just yeah, starts yeah, yeah, with yeah, this yeah. kind of like a, a, a peggio from from uh, the Frankie Knuckles record, yeah. and then obviously they drop Candy Statton's vocal over the top, and that's that's one of them records that as soon as that intro starts, as a DJ in any club. Indie club, house club, you know, whatever you're in, when that intro starts, and the same can be said for Born Slippy. Yeah. You know, both of them intros start, and you just think, hands go in the air. Well, and it's like that. Well, that's a, a question then. Thinking as a DJ, you've gone, you've had Be My Baby, Fight the Power, and Teen Spirit. All three of them, they're quite short intros. It's immediate impact and then immediate heavier impact afterwards. Whereas a Born Slippy, a, a few other things, I'm sure I will have, I'm not sure if I chose it, but things that come to mind are things like Thunderstruck and stuff like that, that are these long building, Rage had a few of them, these long building intros. Where does the excitement meter hit harder on dropping these in a club? Is it that more immediate or is it that build and build and build and build? Well, um, I'll get to that. Okay that, okay, that that build on on a later later record because I think one of my choices defines what you're saying perfectly. I, I love it. Well, I'll move on to the next next question. What is the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you? Uh, the Star Wars theme. Amazing. Um, just because my some of my earliest memories were watching star wars and i can't remember i mean i, I was i was lucky to have seen you know got, got took to see it at the cinema when oh. i was very young i can't remember that i can remember buying being allowed to have the toys afterwards like being able it was to on the re-release in the 90s wasn't it that you went to see it when you were very <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but but yeah just and, and to this day if i go and watch any of the the recent star yeah. wars films I, I i'm interested in all the films of course but there's one moment that i'm there for and it's just a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and then that punch in the chops. I completely agree. I, I had that with one of the ones that had been panned a bit, I think. I went to see it quite late, and I was just like, all right, 
I'll give it a look. I'm not that fast. As soon as that started, I'm there. As, as a weirdly, the same with the a, a Jurassic Park r- modern ones. Exactly yeah. the same. I went into one of them like I love Jurassic Park so much. I didn't know how this would be, and I've I've loved both of the ones that I've done since. To, to be honest, even though I've had mixed reviews, but on both of them, as soon as that music sneaks in, it's interesting. The relation in in films as well, because I know you're a Rocky fan, and in Creed, they hold off. Speaking of a build, they hold off so 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 hard on on bringing in that theme, and then when it yeah. does, you're just like, because <gasps> you kind of forget you're watching. Even though Rocky's in it, you forget it's a Rocky film because it's done very modern. Yeah. It's really nicely executed, and as soon as that sneaks in, it was like. <gasps> Oh my it's God. so weird you say that, right? Because I watched uh, Rocky Forwards on the other night, and that's that's you know, I mean, aside from the greatest cinematic experience of my life, it's it's a questionable film. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's 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 a it's a bit tacky in places. But what I'd never realised until I watched it the other night, when he wins, yeah, and and they get they they count him out, and it gets to ten. It's all about ba 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 ba. They change the music a little bit, and like there's like notes missing, and like and it's. I don't know if there was any kind of sort of contractual things there. Yeah, but and and like and I heard it. I was like, oh, hang on, that's not the one they've used in the other three, and it's that that euphoric bit of classical music that signifies you know yeah. good over evil and yeah. underdog wins and and like he's, he's the best bit i got goosebumps again thinking and about I switched it switched it out yeah and it, it, it not really they tried to replicate it yeah. but i'd like kind of done a copy that weren't quite hit the notes that that, that you know that the ones from the previous films had that's, that's so weird but yeah and, star wars in and out it's always 100 percent. yeah Hundred percent, and just that, just that excitement and wonder of what was to come, and 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 just yeah, that thinking. I know that I'm going to get. You know, I'm not a fan of sci-fi, but just I know that I'm going to like just lose myself for a couple of hours here into you know into another another world. But I'm I'm going to have to put another one in. Yep, go on. As an honourable mention, which is um, well, before you first... before you do, have you seen the video of the guy explaining why all the Star Wars films have got the wrong names? No, it's absolutely amazing. I'll send it to you. It's it goes. It's only like a minute long, and he explains why all of them, every one, would be better on one of the others, like story wise and everything else. It's amazing. I'll, yeah, I'll send it to you. I'm trying to work them out in my yeah. own head now as you're talking. It's so oh, good. Yeah. It's going to annoy people now as they're as they as they they're trying to find that. But but yeah, he explains them all and just you can't argue it. It's like yeah, that's how that felt. Why was that one called that? It doesn't make any sense. But yeah, go on, continue. I've derailed you there. Honorable mention. Um, so it'll be the first record I remember putting on and 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 feeling an emotion. Uh, like an, a, like a, a sad emotion, I guess, and and I guess when 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 I ask that question on the podcast, lots of people instantly go for kind of something sad, yeah. Like whereas Star Wars wasn't, but uh, I think if I had to choose a, a sad one, I remember um, my nan had a record player uh, and and just loads of like records, like Jim Reeves and lots of stuff by the Dubliners and lots of Irish music and stuff. But she had the best of Dolly Parton. Uh, which I used to listen to um, a lot, and I, and I just remember 
uh, a record called uh, Coat of Many Colours that, that, that really struck a call with me. But um, it's, it's obvious, but it's, it's Jolene. And I remember just hearing Jolene and, and, and just being able, as a kid, it was so storyboarded, the lyrics. You know, you could, you could, it, it, there was nothing cryptic in Jolene. Yeah. You know, it, it is what it is. And It's, it's overlooked and I mean, because I, I saw a tweet recently that cracked me up because it was someone saying, I hate that Dolly Parton's kind of, come back round in being popular and there's all these good looking people s- singing along to Jolene you are Jolene <laughs> yeah, you are Jolene <laughs> it's meant to be a song for, for the rejected and the and the well, ugly and the, and the the ones who can't compete yeah yeah pretty people ain't allowed to like that I keep taking <laughs> exactly. other people's men it's you but yeah uh that that song and and to this day you know if that comes on it's it's just it's a fucking incredible record mm. uh yeah so i think for one that i remember just thinking oh wow that's that's heartbreak that's Real like heartbreak, that's loss right? yeah. and like and yeah so I'll, I'll go uh dolly parton and and it's so weird to say something really serious about dolly parton and not just go full david brent and go and people say she's just a big pair of tits <laughs> <laughs> but she's amazing and again it was great i always remember the excitement when she played Glastonbury and her winning everyone over and stealing the show because she's just a consummate professional and has always toured her arse off, performed her arse off. Um, amazing voice. Yeah. F- f- yeah, from start to finish. I love it. Oh, she's incredible. And it's like, you know, one of the first people to ensure that she owned all her own publishing, you know, just smart, smart as hell. And, you know, being married to the same guy her whole life, no one even knows what he looks like, you know, has kept kept all of that out of the public eye, you know, and she's one of the most famous musicians in the world and, and just played it right, yeah. you know, just always owned her music, you know, just been really smart at a time when I'm sure there was lots of, you know, young female country stars that were probably being absolutely manipulated by the industry and, and losing all rights and royalties to everything. And she was smart and, uh, yeah, Dolly, legend, mate. I love it. Right, so number three, the song that reminds you of your school days. I'd imagine it'll be classical, right? (laughs) So so it was all played on the lute. uh... (laughs) It was just something someone whistled. We only really had whistling back then, but yeah. No, go on. (laughs) Um, Well, if if it's junior school... um, Without a, a, a shadow of a doubt, um, it will be um, Stand and Deliver by Adamant. Right. Um, just because I, I had no idea that Adamant was, you know, this kind of pioneering, you know, McLaren, you know, punk. Yeah. He just had a white stripe across his nose, made cool videos and looked like a pirate. Yeah. And that, and, and that was enough that's for an, me. That's more you know. than enough. That's enough for anyone. And, and I remember just thinking, this was at a time when there was Saturday Night TV, there was a, a show on uh, Dick Turpin. And I remember just thinking, why is Adamant not in Dick Turpin? Like, he's <laughs> he's the ultimate highwayman. He's the dandy highwayman. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I remember just thinking, like, Adamant was just, and it was cool to like Adamant. Even at infant school, I remember just thinking, like, girls fancied Adamant. Yeah. I remember, like, you know, it was it, at, at that age, you know, there was. The, the, the two things that jumped out in music was was, was Adamant because of just how visual he was, uh, and and Madness because of the the nature of their videos. Yeah. They were like they were funny, and you know I had no idea what Embarrassment by Madness was about at the time. It was just like 
oh, they're them funny guys that make the, the, the nutty videos and, and, and they make good pop songs. But, you know, they've, they've gone on to be, you know, one of my all-time favourite bands. And Well, House of Fun but, is the ultimate. I never realised what it was about as a kid. It's just, mm. hey, oh, this is <laughs> yeah. hey, look at them dancing. It's like, all right. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, yeah, and... It's uh, it, and and it does re- re- remind me of, of of school and and friendships and and yeah to to, to this day my you know my my, my best pal uh, who who I spent you know forty years of my life uh, hanging out with uh, you know we we grew up listening to to madness together yeah. and and that there's just I think because you know maybe both of us have tried to pursue careers that aren't necessarily the most kind of corporate yeah. maybe for want of a better description then there's just traditional. a line traditional yeah. yeah and and there's a line in in our house uh which says uh i remember how we play simply wish the day away then we'd say nothing will come between us two dreamers and i love that and i just think them lyrics are just just wonderful and it was it, and it takes me was that in your top five songs that make you cry i know we've discussed Ooh. that lyric before just as you were yeah. saying it then yeah. I, I remember you saying that that yeah. literal line. I don't know if it was in that or in another conversation. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. yeah, it would have been. It would have been definitely. Beautiful, yeah. Like, um, but but then I, you know you go to senior school and and I'd love to say that I was listening to the Smiths and the House Martins and the Cure, but I wasn't. You know, uh, at, at, at secondary school, I think when I was in like the the probably fourth year uh, would have been eighty seven, um, nineteen, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I put the penny farthing in the bike shed, and then uh, no, but um, and 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 basically, me and all my friends were listening to to to, to loads of soul soul music, and and it was the early mutterings of the kind of Teddy Riley swing beat stuff. But it was more at the time the uh, the, the the Terry Lewis and Jimmy Jam production, and it, and I'm going to go criticised by Alexander O'Neill. Oh wow, um, which uh, is was also my first ever concert. Uh, was 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 Alexander O'Neill really? in 1987? Um, yeah, we we was allowed to get on. A, it was which is fucking crazy now, considering you know I've I've got a a 14 year old daughter, and the thought of letting her get a coach from Grays to Brixton Academy, uh, <laughs> to, to, uh, you know. But but I remember we was allowed, and we went, and you know he had a bed on stage, and he would like serenade like a woman from the crowd on the bed. Beautiful. It was like. <laughs> a 14 year old who's got a coach up from us <laughs> <laughs> it was different times um but but yeah and, and i still to this day think it's a brilliant pop song criticize and yeah. one of the things that i've realized and uh, like, I, I was obsessed with with the, the, the alexander o'neill hearsay album i thought it was who brilliant. got you into alexander o'neill um i guess it was probably uh, my friend Lee, right. uh, or my friend uh, Simon, or DJ Destruction, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. and so uh, two of them uh, and me uh, and uh, my friend Cunt and the gang went to uh, a bar in Billericay uh, last year to revisit the uh, Alexander O'Neill gig experience. Amazing. Um, mm. Mm. Uh, the Prince tribute warm up was something spectacular. But then um, Alexander O'Neill walks out 
uh, and then sits on a stall uh, to a backing track to lots of kind of an actual Alexander O'Neill or tribute. Alexander oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, uh, Alexander O'Neill. Wow. Yeah, uh, walks out uh, in Billericay into this bar uh, and performs criticize. Um, and then he also played like fake. And he played I'm Looking High and Low and If You Were Here Tonight and all the, all the Alexander O'Neill classics for those that are aware of his work. Mm. So criticise, something I realised when watching it perform to a backing track is he don't really sing a lot. Right. <laughs> so yeah. are you familiar with criticise? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the chorus... He's, don't just close your mind. Yeah. Ooh, uh, he doesn't sing any of that. No. no. All he ever does is goes, criticise. Yeah. And then that was it. And I was just thinking, that's an easy gig. He was just sitting on his stool, just saying, oh, criticise every couple of minutes I'll have like a look, in the chorus. I'll have a look if I got that. Because a while back, I got years ago now, like 10 years ago or 15 years ago, I got a whole f- folder worth of, of acapellas, of studio acapellas, of like loads right. of classic soul, hip-hop, all sorts. And that really highlighted how much of that there is, that there's these these classic songs, you think, oh, this will be a great one. And then it's just them going, yeah, oh, mm. yeah. And you can hear in their headphones the chorus and the song that you yeah. know and love, yeah. um, and they're not really doing that much. And, and that was definitely hammered home uh, then. But th- th- them songs remind me of, like, you know, the... The kind of uh, uh, you know a, a growing interest in 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 kind of like trying to get sort of girls' attention and things yeah. like that at that age and 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 there, it was it was always Alexander O'Neill, Luther Vandross, Cameo, and and and, and they were the, the the three bands that like me and all my mates like at school would, would you know was into yeah. and uh, and then that kind of led in you know uh, around that a little bit after that was when the the Teddy Riley stuff dropped like Bobby Brown and Belbiv DeVoe and. Yeah. Uh, I can't think what other ones there were that come out of of, of that. But I but love yeah. it. I love imagining all you lot all loving that because I never had that kind of um, smooth music era in my yeah. upbringing. And I know a producer of this podcast, seventy six, he did because I remember when we started working together, he did open me up to a few bits. At first, I was like, "Oh man, you're into some of the." He's into the most amazing hip hop, but then his his R and B side was always like, "Oh, this is so cringy." And then a few of them be like. It's actually actually pretty dope. This is <laughs> this is pretty like, good. I, I've got mates that stuck with it, you know, and yeah. and I'll I'll listen to like <laughs> some Luther Vandross and and you know and and I love it and absolutely love it purely because it's nostalgia and it really reminds me of a time. But then when they'll go, oh yeah, but like you know, a few years after that, check out this track by Jodeci, and I'm like, nah, yeah, I, 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 I'm all right, thanks, you know, yeah. Like, but uh, oh, I, I, I know. Oh, that's it. Because the reason I asked was in my house. It was my mum, mum and dad, and mainly my mum who was into Luther Vandross, into Alexander O'Neill, and stuff like that. So that's not because of age difference. It's just there's not that much between us. But that's why I wondered if any of that came from there. Because I've got memories of Luther, but it was never me. It was on car journeys, and my yeah. mum and dad. I went to see Luther Vandross and possibly went to see Alexander O'Neill. I, I love it if they were on that coach uh, <laughs> <laughs> with a young Stuart Whiffin. 
But, um, like, but, you know, I remember, like, every morning we'd, we'd, we'd go to my mate Gareth's um, and we'd, we'd, we'd cycle around because we all lived on this housing estate in Grays and we'd all cycle to his and then cycle to school, which was we, – we didn't live anywhere near uh, where we went to school. So it was like a, a bit of a mission. And uh, But we'd always go around there and he'd be finishing his breakfast and he had, like, three VHSs and he had, like, Alexander O'Neill live, Luther Vandross live, and he had, like, this kind of greatest hits of cameo. And, like – and if at any moment I hear them songs, I'm literally straight back to, to his house and them feelings, and especially them feelings if it was raining and his mum would come in and she'd go, all right, lads, do you, do you want me to drop you in? And we'd be like, yeah. But Gareth, whose mum said she'd dropped us in, at the time, Gareth's mum had a brand new Skoda, and you couldn't, you couldn't be seen in a Skoda Not in, in 1988. Days, no. Because people would shout Skoda at your car. Yeah. I would quite happily have sat in the back of the Skoda to avoid the, the, the five-mile uphill yeah. uh, pissing down rain journey. But Gareth was like, no, you are. Thanks, Mum. And I just thought, oh, fuck's sake. I, yeah. I love it. And were they a, a, a legit videos he had of them? Because you touched upon it on one of... It might have been on a hardcore listing, but you touched upon the old days of, of Camden Market bootleg live gig videos. And the subject changed quickly. And I was I was excited in my headphones because i used to love the 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 live tapes and and cds you'd get at camden market but the videos were the one for me i had rancid ones green day ones pearl jam all sorts and always appallingly recorded but somehow that appalling recording catches more of the energy of a gig than some of the most professional recordings ever that look just take away all the energy and just i like to think that the label that put all them out was actually called Appalling Recordings. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> uh, uh, no, not at that point. Yeah, that's, that's point, too young. I was going to say, as soon as you were saying your schoolmate, you'd go around and say, all right, maybe not. But then the minute I left school, like I reckon in 88, and I was you know, going up to MASH to buy, buy my clothes, yeah. and, 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 I, and Della Soul had dropped. But then... It was I was getting really into like Depeche Mode and Erasure and the Pet Shop Boys, and that's when I would buy their moody vinyl recordings. I loved uh, them, and I've still got a lot of them, and they sound like you say, fucking appalling. The excitement! If I'd been to any gigs in London, I'd be up Camden a week later, hoping that there'd be a video of the gig. And because I was a little idiot and I'd crowd surf like ten times every gig, I'd be like, I want to see if I can see myself. I want to get a little highlights reel off of Camden Market. Hello, I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is, the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search off the beat and track podcast and you can listen to all the songs because i've put playlists up for each of these if you can't find it on there i'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode so you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks anyway i'll shut up get back to the podcast see you on the other side speaking of going and buying stuff Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. 
Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What was the first song that you bought from a record store? Uh, It was Video Killed the Radio Star by The Buggles. Classic. Mm. Classic. Um, I still own it, um, and uh, I, I still love it. Um, I'm hoping one day to uh, have Trevor Horn, mm. who was basically the Buggles, um, on this podcast because I Amazing. do think he's a uh, an, an iconic producer. Um, uh, and, and yeah, that that record was the first one I bought. The first one I owned uh, was was bought for me by my nan. Um, which was uh, David Bowie's uh, The Laughing Gnome. And see, it'd be easy to try and be credible and say, yeah, oh, yeah, the first record I own was uh, David Bowie. But um, it wasn't. Yeah. And it, 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 I guess it was, but it wasn't a Bowie record that's super cool. It's no. this novelty record yeah. singing about a laughing gnome. But, you know, a five-year-old me would have thought it was the greatest thing ever. But, of course. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the Buggles, you know, just... It, 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 Obviously, it's just an absolute, you know, saccharine sweet pop record. It's perfect. Um, Although, isn't it? I remember I became obsessed with that after, weirdly, after Empire Records. Oh, is that them or is that President's version? No, it's them. It's it's them. I believe it was on the soundtrack. It's definitely in the film. And yeah, I just, I couldn't get enough of that. I bought a, a Buggles album and only listened to that one song. Just skip yeah. back to that on my little portable CD player. I don't want to hear the rest. Let's just hear that that one song again. Have you revisited Empire Records? No, I haven't. I'd be interested if that holds up. Yeah, I would. I watched a horror the other day that I had recommended. It's on Netflix. It's called Something 8. I can't think of the name. But um, the, there was a kid in it. I was like, who is this kid? And it's the young kid in Empire Records, the the one that gets arrested for shoplifting. Oh, really? And he's got such a distinctive face. It's a few years on. I was looking like, I know this kid so well, but Empire was, it was that Dazed and Confused, The Doors, yeah. that we just watch on loop um, yeah. in, in that era. So, yeah. But that's, yeah, that's probably where I became exposed to Video Killed the Radio Star. Because, yeah, it's just, it sounded like nothing else as well. It's, it's a great record. And, 
and I'm going to throw an album in there. Yep. Um, just because I'm only going to get to do this once, so I want to just kind of get it all out. And 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 the first record I I, I got was was for a Christmas in '82, I believe. Uh, and that was now that's what I call music. The first ever Now album. Yes. And, and it's still one of my favourite ever records to this day. Huge it's record. Just, and you had the guy it, who who put it together on on the podcast, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, super super interesting fella. Yeah. Um, to to you know, to to have come up with a concept of, of now nah and launching it, and obviously, you know, making Virgin Records ridiculous amounts of money, um, and and then to just kind of go, ah, oh, what should I do now? Uh, oh, I'm going to set up. I don't like the Brits. It seems like a backslap. So I'm going to launch this thing called the Mercury Music Prize, and you know, just yeah, it's just a cool, fascinating right? dude, man. Yeah, and 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 that that album. Now that's what I call music. But, uh, one. Or whatever you want to call it, that um, that absolutely kickstarted my obsession with, with with records and music. Without a shadow of a doubt, I would study it relentlessly. Uh, the track listing, uh, the the you know within it, it was a gatefold, and inside the it had pictures of the band. It also have like chart placements uh-huh. and stuff like that. And and I just got absolutely anorak about it. And uh, and yeah, you know, just, just and and without getting too old man river about all of these things you know and, and the digital format and the way that music yeah changes now because i've had this conversation on this podcast so many times but i do miss you know that 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 only being able to afford one record so really valuing it when i got it and being able to listen to it whilst studying the sleeve i love that yeah you know and yeah. that that's probably nostalgia as well that, that 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 makes that such a you know an alluring thing but um yeah, I do, I do think that's something that is maybe a little lost now. But you know, we're seeing lots of vinyl popping up again now. So um, you know, there's, there's, it's a it's, it's a catch twenty two. You know, there's there's good and bad in in the fact that everybody can listen to anything they want. At the, you know, like that now, I think that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do. I did like the journey of going to buy a record. This is a you probably won't be able to answer this because it's an out of the blue. Very specific question, but do you remember the Now album or the era of Now that you first started to go? Ah, oh, I'm not, I'm not feeling this anymore. <laughs> uh, I reckon because I remember Now did become really just cringy. And if you're a music fan, you're not listening to Now. That's just for the idiots who don't know about music. It's just a pop chart. Yeah. But it did start as this. Oh, this is exciting. Here's songs that I wouldn't have heard. And I remember yeah. getting yeah. T- being exposed to l- loads of kind of music, a lot of the smooth shit that I said I was never into was yeah. on the Now records, along with the other st- stuff I was into. So yeah, I think uh, you know, for me, I, I didn't know anything about music, and and that was you know that the Now albums was the first time that was a, a, a crossover of different labels released a compilation together. Yeah. Otherwise, it was always label specific. Yeah. So, <coughs> excuse me. So this was the first time that they all worked together and put out this this amazing. You know, uh, I think it's like 11 number ones uh, are on the first one. And so it was like you'd get to hear all the records that you'd hear on top of the box, but you'd also get to hear ones that maybe I hadn't heard before. Mm. You know, I'd never heard Love Cats by The Cure before. And, you know, and and, and stuff. I'd never, you know, Kajagooga were on there twice. Amazing. um, But, but yeah, and so it was was one of the things that I, I think, like anything, when you're young, a compilation is just a gives you a cross-section of stuff and then by the time you kind of formulate your tastes and your, your things you ain't got time for compilations featuring other genres that you're not into anymore no. so they become they become very very uncool so, so at what point 
did you transfer over to the more g- genre specific hot joint series? <laughs> <laughs> I really wonder where you was going with that then. Um, Inside joke there, but yeah. Do you want to explain hot joints and its place, its place in your life as a DJ? Um, so obviously, Pip and I have uh, run the We Are Lizards club night for ten years, and uh, and they, they, I was I was in Poundland one day buying deodorant or something. Oh, I mean, uh, anyone who's not English would str- str- struggle to spell Poundland Poundland from your pronunciation. Like a panland. Panland. So like, oh, that could be anything. <laughs> That's just noise. <laughs> um, and, and whilst perusing the uh, the one pan cans of uh, sure deodorant, I noticed that they started stocking CDs. Um, and most of us, you know, for the first five years of We Are Lizards, DJ'd off of CDs, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and then we all sort of moved over into USB sticks and stuff like that. And uh, I mean, you were CD to the end, though, weren't you? Yeah. You was. Um, uh, and then I just saw this <laughs> this CD on the shelf, uh, competitively priced at one pound, called Hot Joints, uh, which oh, had. Oh, um, was it Hot Joints Two? I think it was. No, two. it was Hot. Was it, no, was it was Hot, hot Joints. joints right. Um, oh, was it two? I think it might have been Hot Joints too. <laughs> uh, which just had loads of kind of chart-friendly sort of, I guess, early 2000s uh, hip-hop and, and, and kind R&B. of R&B on there. So yeah. I thought, oh, I'll probably get away with that because I like a bit of 90s uh, hip-hop. And, I mean, I don't think I ever played a track off of it, but any time we got into that DJ booth, I'd pull it out and just leave it in front of someone. Uh, so much so that... Um, Bill, for my birthday, tried to buy me Hot Joints 1. Yeah. Uh, and he could only get it on Discogs for like something like 40 quid. And he's like, it ain't that much of a good joke. And, a- like, and again, Stu's using a heavy asterisk here of he never played anything off of it. He played songs that were on it, on it, but just off of his own CDs. Oh, yeah, I had him anyway, yeah. Um, (laughs) You'd always get defensive. I've never even used it. I was like, you've played that track, you've played that track, you've played that track. Yeah, but not off the CD. (laughs) All right. What was brilliant was we we, we put Hot Joints made an appearance every We Are Lizards nights where it would get put somewhere and everybody would pretend to burn their fingers on it when they'd touch it. And like like on the last ever night of uh, We Are Lizards, like when, when, you know, when, when when a fighter retires and he leaves his gloves in the middle of the ring, uh, as, as we played the last song, uh, our final moment as a collective of DJs, uh, Bill just popped hot joints in the little beer fridge underneath the <laughs> DJ booth to cool it down. <laughs> to finally cool off those hot joints. And that's where it remained. I hope it's still there to this day. I hope it's still there. Anyway, speaking of clubs, I mean, I hope I've not spoiled the next one, but the song that soundtracked your year's clubbing. Well, Hot Joints Part 2, track four, disc two. Um, I'm going to go for... And um, and are are you choosing your years as a clubber or years as a DJ? Because you've had two eras of clubbing, I guess. Yeah, um, as, as a clubber... Uh, I would definitely go for Debaser by the Pixies. Yeah. Um, because in the early 90s, uh, you would hear it everywhere. and It's a long it, intro. Oh, it's a, but... A, a double intro, effectively, isn't it? It's the intro yeah. into then the beginning, yeah. The build and it's the a, drop. It's a frenzied record, isn't it? Yeah. It's so good. Um, 
and yeah, and and uh, I, I, I'm not a big clubber, uh, and and I'm sure we've spoke about this, but I, I have one memory of 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 pure joy, and it was a, a, a weird little club called the Gas Club in Leicester Square. Right on a on a Wednesday night, um, there was a DJ called Jeff Automatic who was the main DJ, and the, the support DJ was a very young Errol Olkin. Wow! Um, but it was just an, an absolute just early 90s indie disco it was the first place i ever heard killing in the name um Love it. but i i remember wearing a blue t-shirt some green check shorts a pair of fucking uh lilac all-stars Ooh, that uh, sounds awful it's a bad look yeah. uh, I, I i had sort of long hair at the time as we all did um and just dancing to debaser and i remember just thinking this is the best thing ever and and I don't think I've ever had a clubbing experience as a as a DJ or as a clubber since then that has come anywhere near that. And Love I just it. remember just, just pure joy. Um, but the, the the record I'm going to go for um, is the record to, that that harks back to something that we spoke about earlier. Uh, a record that sort of builds mm. and builds and builds. And and I'm going to go with Common People by Pulp. Brilliant. Um, because I, I think it's the greatest pop record ever made. Um, I think it starts quite slow. Uh, I I think the lyrics are fucking brilliant. Uh, aside from the fact that I think Jarvis Cocker is one of the greatest frontmen of all time, um, and it just it builds and builds and builds, and then when that first chorus finishes, and it just kicks then. Mm. But it's got to be the full version because the full version's got the best middle eight ever. Right. Which they never play on the radio. And every time it comes on the radio, I wind myself up going, they better play it. I know they're not going to play it. You better play it. They're not gonna. And they never play it. And I'll just go, oh, fuck you, and put it back onto Absolute 80s from Absolute 90s. Brilliant. Um, they're the only two channels that ever work in my car, obviously. Great. I love it. Um, uh, and... Uh, but it's that, you that should, middle you eight. You just have the full version on CD in your, in your little... Driver side seat are ready for when they let you down. Oh, no. Sling that in. <laughs> Let's listen to it properly. Uh, oh, that uh, that that middle eight um, where it goes. Uh, you never live your life uh, with no meaning or control. Is it? And you'll never understand how it feels to live your life with no meaning or control. With nowhere left to go. You're amazed that they exist. They burn so bright. No, they burn so bright that you can only wonder why. And I remember just thinking fucking hell when that mm. first when I first heard that middle eight and that bit where he goes and you'll never understand it just is fucking huge and and when they played that at Glastonbury when they they, they, they stepped in uh, last minute at Glastonbury when the Stone Roses sort of split up right and they and they weren't a huge huge band then Pulp and that performance of that track was just one of the greatest live things I'd ever seen and when they got back together and they played Reading maybe 10 years ago and they've got um, Richard Hawley back playing guitar with them and, and they play it and it's that bit, the fireworks go off and then if that's not enough, they then bring it down. I want to live with common people. Yeah. And then it's then bang, I want to live with you, la, 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 la. And it's just, it's just, just a perfect pop song. I can't talk enough about However many times I've played that as a DJ in an indie club, I've probably played it, you know, 52 weeks a year for, for 25 years. And and every time I put it on, I just get that same feeling of this is the best pop record ever made. 
and I think I it's it. just masterful. Yeah, common people pulp pip. That's a great choice. Have you seen the episode of Brass Eye where he does a fake band that are essentially pulp and does a fake song that's essentially yep. common people? It's pretty perfect. Is it? I rewatched it the other night. I'm sure at the time just kind of dismissing it, but rewatching the other night, I was like, he does a pretty good Jarvis. He does a very accurate and realistic Jarvis. But yeah, it's an absolute classic. And to and for a song that you will have played and heard so many times, for that to have not got old, yeah, that's pretty special. Because I'd say Nirvana, Rage, all of them have probably had periods where you're a bit sick of them. Yeah, as great as 100%. they are, a bit like, all right, here, it's the Rage part of the night again, or it's the Nirvana part of the night again. So... There's a couple. Yeah. There's a couple that, you know, things like I, I remember just thinking, I never want to hear "There She Goes" by the Lars ever again. Yeah, I never want to hear "No Rain" by Blind Melon. They were my highlights again. of the Brush for ages, and then my <laughs> lowlights for years after because it's. Uh... But uh, another one that come no out. No rain. Around that's the same a great time. shout. No rain was the massive highlight of the night, hugely, yeah. and then. Yeah. You hear it now, and it sounds great again, yeah. because you haven't heard it for so long. But the other one, like Pulp, that I never tire of whenever I hear it, uh, is uh, You and Me song by The Wanna Dies, yep. which, which I think is just the sweetest little love song. Uh, yeah. and it's, tw- it's, it's twee as fuck, yeah. and then it's just got this fucking monster chorus that yeah. is just like absolute sing-along. And to hold a dance floor for that... Uh, but like that you know people normally fuck off but they know what's coming and they don't they they think well i don't care about this bit i know what's coming yeah you know it's what it's worth the wait so yeah that's another one that 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 still stands up you know on on, after hearing a billion and one time (laughs) i love it so next one your favorite song from an artist from your home county not country i hope you've read it right because loads of your guests don't read it right (laughs) I know. And you let them off the hook far too easily. You don't send it, say, we're going to pause the interview. You go away and do some Googling. <laughs> See who's from, your, from around your way. But, yeah, who are you going for? Well, well it's awkward because um, I, I, I'm going to throw it out there quickly, but I'm going to go for something aside from you. But You Will See Me would be that. Uh, but I, I'm not going to just sit here and, and, uh, and tell you, you know, what a great record you put <laughs> it's out. It's a fucking good but, song, uh, out, isn't it? Yeah, it really is, mate. It, it, it really is. It was one of them ones where, you know, as as mates, you know, when when one of us does anything, you know, that that that's, deserves a pat on the back, the, the the best thing that most of us will do is just go like, yeah, that, you know, yeah, that was average. You know, and, not, and we were actually mates at that point. Early yeah. stuff, we kind of half knew each other and so on and yeah. so forth. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I remember just thinking, oh, I've got a message, Pip. These just this is a fucking belt. This is it's, it's genuinely it's one of the reasons because again, as as I say all the time, I can't stand listening to my own stuff. But I've had to a few times recently for either represses of vinyl or I've been I've been recording a few behind the album episodes to bank them for future. And we did the Tim Burgess a, a Tim Burgess yeah. album a playback thing, and you will see me. Of my own songs, it's one of the ones I'm proudest of. And it doubles down my lack of desire to make any music again. Because that's a lot of... For a lot of people who are into my stuff, that is the song that they think is the best thing that we've made. And it's the last track on our last record. How rare is that? That's a great place to sign how, off How rare right is there, that? The, 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 yeah. the last thing you ever make is 
people's favourite. It's normally the early records and then it gradually peters off and then there yeah. might be one song, but other than that, the last song on the last record for a lot of people and for me is one of my favourite bits or proudest moments. And yeah. 100%. Quit when you're winning, mate. Exactly. And, so what are you going to go and, for? <laughs> and, shout, and shout out to Dan as well. Yeah. Or, you know, 100%. For, or, or, His production on that, on that, on that in particular is just so good and so brooding mm. and such a build. I recorded... Behind the album, it's not out yet. I'm not sure. I've, I've basically I've, I've recorded a load of backup stuff because I'm going to be busy soon. So I want to have them mm. in case I can't record a podcast or two. But on the first a, a, a record, there was a song on there that I've not listened to in 10, 10 15 years. Um, a, a waiting for the beat to kick in, and it's a fan favorite. But because because we never played it live, I loved it, and then I've walked away from it since we recorded it and the beat on that and everything on that, it made me think of you will see me in that it's such an accomplished and confident beat that it's, yeah, it's insane and exciting. It's from our mate from local. It's madness. But yeah, who are you going to go for as your actual, your home County choice? Uh, Depeche Mode. Obviously. Uh, and a track called Never Let Me Down Again. Okay. Um, and uh, are you familiar with this 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 one? I don't think I am. I'm not the biggest it's, expert on <clears throat> on 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 the mode. It's, uh, it, it was a single, but it was a single. Uh, it wasn't on the you know the the, the huge commercial albums like Violator or uh, Faith and Devotion. It it uh, it, it come out uh, on an album called Oh, hang on, I've forgotten that Black Celebration. No, not Black Celebration. Music for the Masses. Sorry, yeah, it was on an album called Music for the Masses, um, which was the album uh, pre Violator. So Violator was the album that had. Personal Jesus enjoyed a silence and yeah. stuff like that. The, the, the one that took them to just you know an even bigger sort of place. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but never let me down again uh, is is the fan favourite, and and there's a, a a moment whenever you go and watch them live, the middle eight of this record is just this huge ascending string, and then Dave Garn will stand at the front of the stage with his hands and just literally move them from side to side like I'm doing now, Pip. Yeah. Uh, and the whole audience does it. And I'll send you a clip to look at afterwards, and I'd, I'd recommend that anybody just puts in Depeche Mode, Never Let Me Down Again live for that moment. When I mean, Depeche Mode sell out fucking stadiums worldwide. And when you see however many, you know, thousand people doing this, it's insane to watch and it's even better if you're in it and I've been lucky to have been in it like maybe three or four times over Amazing. the years and and it's just yeah and and when you're seeing it and you're looking at all of these you know say there's fucking 80,000 people at some of these stadiums and you just think they're four fucking lads that used to play Plinky Plonky Simps in the club that I work at. You know, mm. they're from Dan the Road Pit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're literally five minutes from your front door, and you just think it's inspiring yeah. that you know that you know you know for well the whole reason I set this podcast up it was to to talk about you know how the area in which artists grew up in you know has, has played a you know a part in their in their creative journey and and you know that the podcast you know has, has deviated from that a little bit as it's kind of just matured over the over time but um but i do think that you know i'm, I'm fascinated and I, and I was literally speaking to somebody today about about you and 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 the fact that there's such pressure on artists you know whether they be comedians musicians producers whatever to well i've got to move to london yeah and it's like and you know 
you've never kind of wanted to do that. You've always said, well, no, I don't really want to. And I, and I find that really interesting that, you know, some people feel that desire to kind of be seen and heard. You, you know, you have to go to a city. And I, I think... Was, I was talking to, uh, to Maxine Peake about it today because I recorded a podcast with her and she lived in London because she felt she had to and now she's she's back up north. And she was saying exactly that because we were discussing the weird synergy that celebrity has attached to so many art forms and people say like where Maxine had a big blow up recently with press and all negative stuff like that and people kind of will say well it's what you get for being famous you're under that scrutiny and so on and so forth but it's like she didn't choose to be famous she chose her job is the art that she creates on screen, the amazing performances. Her job isn't being a famous person. And that was her realisation that made her leave London in many ways because she was like, I'm there because I feel I have to as a personality. But in reality, my job is what goes on on screen. It's not being in Soho all the time and having lunch with this person and dinner with that person, which is all great, but it's distractions as well. It's distractions from the actual art of it all. And, yeah, I think that's that's... A key thing at points of of not it's been a key thing for me. I always felt if I moved moved to London, I'd get way less done, or I wouldn't trust the art that I was creating. I'd feel that I'm possibly doing it for reasons other than just here's what I want to do. I think I'm trying to impress someone or being over influenced or trying to yeah perform i mean we we should point we should point out that uh quite quickly most of depeche mode fucked off to la and uh depeche yeah. uh, and london of course <laughs> but, but basildon come on let's be fair yeah yeah no absolutely absolutely um yeah depeche mode never let me down again did their locality influence your initial getting into them was it that they were a local band that drew the attention or was it they were this huge band that you then got to go, oh, they're from up the road, shit. I, I just remember seeing um, seeing the video to uh, a track called Policy of Truth and just thinking, Dave Garn just looked like the coolest fucking geezer on the planet. And I was yeah. just like, ah. Oh, and, and I just, at that point, you know, I, I'd, I'd, I'd already got into Erasure and, and the Pet Shop Boys and that kind of more poppier simp stuff. And obviously the back catalogue up to that point with Depeche Mode was all quite poppy. Mm. But, the darker stuff then just appealed and it was like, right, I'm, I'm there enjoying this. And I just got, yeah. And, and, and then it got darker, you know, the album that followed with condemnation and I feel you in that, that that's not many people's favorite Depeche Mode album, but it's, it's head and shoulders above all the others for me. I, I, I like, you know, for me, I, I, I can, I know that through listening to stuff like that and, and being obsessed with their record label, I discovered Nick Cave, you know, yeah. I discovered so much other music through, listening you know and probably got into the cure and and started going to the toothbrush because they were the places where i could hear these records and so yeah the depeche mode also were a big, big gateway band for me yeah for everything there well we're at the last question so what is the song that many may not know that you want them to hear i'm going to add a caveat that isn't by either lilo or serious problem oh. <laughs> 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 um, well, so there's one it's... song that I wrote. I really think <laughs> deserves a lot more attention than it ever got. <laughs> well, I'm going to go for um, a, a record by a band from Nottingham uh, right. called Six by Seven, and uh, Six by Seven had a couple of chart-bothering singles around 
oh, let's get this right, maybe 98 uh-huh. uh, Candlelight and For You. I think, they, you know, you, you might have caught them on T- TFI Friday or something like that. Um, and, and, and they were great. And then they just made some fucking amazing records that, 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 that come after that as well. Not that that wasn't anything short of amazing, but they made this record called So Close. Uh, and I just think hardly anybody's heard it, and it's it's it encapsulates everything that I ever wanted to do in a band. It's the record I wish I could have made. Amazing. It's the, the the record that I was never accomplished enough as a songwriter, as a musician, to get anywhere near. It's beyond epic. It's huge. Uh, I've never understood how the pro- whoever produced it. I don't know how they produced it because quite it just starts with this massive long piano intro. And then it drops, and it's massive, almost shoegaze, and it's like it's ter- it's literally, you know, going above eleven, and then somehow it goes to twelve, and I'm like, how have they made that bigger? <laughs> and 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 it's yeah, and it's basically got a, a lyric in it that it just repeats at the end, which I just think is one of the fucking best simple lyrics ever, and that lyric is, I'm so close to being more than I've ever been, yeah. and I'll just. I really fucking like them words. Yeah, I just think beautiful. like that's that's so fucking cool. And he sings it like it's the last song he's ever gonna sing, and it just sounds like I, I can only imagine they were in the studio, and it f- must it feels like it's being recorded live, and they must all have just been wide eyed at each other, just going fuck me, this is just huge. And yeah, and I just think it's a real shame that. Um, that lots of people are never going to get to hear it. And, 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 and so hopefully, uh, yeah, a couple of people are going to have a listen now. Where, do, you, do you remember where you heard it first or where you found out about them as a band? Or was it yep. their few chart-bothering singles or did they support someone or what was the... So I, I um, bought their early singles uh-huh. and then uh, I, I, I kind of lost track of them for a bit. And then I'd done this fanzine called Taste... Um, around 2000, no, about 2001, maybe 2002, I've done this fanzine called Taste uh, with this lad called Sean. And uh, and he was just a customer, at the, uh, you know, one of the clubbers at the, at the toothbrush, and he would come up and, he, and, uh, and he'd, he'd always ask for kind of slightly obscure records, but not in a wanker way. Mm. Like, you know, and then I'd play him, and him and his mates would just go nuts on the dance floor. And, you know, this would be at, like, ten past nine. So there was hardly anyone in the club, and they'd come early so they could dance to, like, you know, their favourite records played lads. So I was always happy to, you know, to do that. And and then in the end, you know, we got chatting loads, and, and you know, he was saying that he wanted to start a fanzine, and I was like, oh, I'd love to do that. And, and yeah, so we started this little fanzine, and bizarrely, the, the you know, the, 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 the first one we, you know, at the time... I was, you know, Ricky done us a really, Ricky Gervais done us a really big interview for the first one. So we, we kicked off big. Just casually dropped know. that in there, old Ricky. Yeah, but, 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 but then, at that, yeah, it, and it was just as 2002, like the office was blowing up. Like, so it was, you know, it was a, a bit of a, a last minute favour yeah. before he went on to, you know, mega stardom. But, um, but yeah, and then, so what happened then was we started putting out little mini CDs on the front of the, 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 the fanzine. So we'd all kind of have back and forth about burning these CDs and, yeah, my mate Sean just turned up one night and went, here, listen to this. And that track was on there. Oh, wow. And I remember just, I remember putting it on, like, on the headphones of the decks. And then I was like, just the, as soon as it dropped, I was like, well, I'm going to play it next. And and I'd never, 
I hadn't heard the whole of the record, but I just pressed play on the decks and turned it up. And I remember just thinking, oh my God, this, this is, this is absolutely fucking incredible. And I, I still feel like that every time I hear it. And it's, yeah, it's a fucking great record, Pip. I love it. I love it. I'm going to s- uh, uh, sling in a little question. That's a bonus. J- just because I know you used to go to a lot of gigs and that. Have you got any support bands that stand out in your head? Because I always remember that era of going to gigs, I'd get so, because I was such a music nerd, I'd get so into the support bands. And just, I was thinking of a few then, and weirdly, they all begin with C. So, so I don't know if the promoters were just lazy with going down the list of available bands, but I remember Cable, C- C- Compulsion, Ch- China Drum... And Cap Down supported everyone. Every every punk band that played in London, Cap Down supported. But yeah, Cap, Cap Down, Cap Down must have gigged more times than any other band. Yeah. Um, so uh, China Crisis done an amazing cover of Wuthering Heights, which I would tell people to go and listen to yeah. if I had to pick a cover. Um, Compulsion. So Compulsion, we saw supporting Smashing Pumpkins. That's where my so, brother saw them. My brother saw so, supporting the Smashing Pumpkins and, and, and got their CD. And yeah, I, that's where so I heard of them from. They, they had an amazing single called Mal Monarchy, which is a yeah. fucking absolute belt of a single. And do you know who uh, one of them went on to uh, become? No. Producer extraordinaire Jack Knife Lee. Oh, really? Wow. Hmm. I didn't uh, know that at all. There you it's go. such a weird thought now because that Smashing Pumpkins gig, um, my mum and dad, or my mum or dad, picked my brother up from the gig um, and I asked if I could come in the car. So I just literally came on a journey to Brixton or the Astoria or wherever it was um, at a gig that you were also likely at. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just outside in the car as a little, as a little child. If, if I had to pick one, yeah. uh, I would go for... Uh, oh, God. Um... Oh, fuck me. Uh, I would probably go for when I saw Erasure at Milton Keynes Bowl yeah. uh, in 1989, I believe. Um, they were supported by um, Adamski, um, uh, Electribe 101, but the main support uh, was Was Not Was. Right. And I don't know if you know anything about Was Not Was. Not much. Uh, so they had a huge hit with a track called Walk the Dinosaur. Yep, of course. Uh, and then they also had a huge track a, l- a long while after that gig with, was it Ozzy Osbourne sung it called like Shake Your Head or something like that. A really weird record right. that was a massive hit. You'd know it. Yeah. It was like, but but they were a really fucking weird band. They, it was like a, a, a pure funk band watching them. Don was, it was like this fucking legendary producer. Um but they'd had hits with like Spy in the House of Love and, and stuff like that. And and I remember the guitarist was doing like backflips playing the guitar. And it was like that kind of, if you saw like the Temptations or one of them really big like sort of funk bands in the 70s, that there was all sort of synchronized dancing. It was a weird band to have supporting yeah. all these electronic artists, yeah. like, you know. But, but I just remember thinking, fucking hell, they were amazing. So probably them and at a push, um, maybe. Maybe seeing the Sisters of Mercy supporting Depeche Mode, and I'm not not a um, a Sisters of Mercy fan as such, but I remember just thinking, "Wow, this is a fucking good support." Yeah. But I'm sure, as I think about, if I had to think about this question more, I'd come up with much better answers. I but, like it. Um, I like, but uh, I like yeah. It. 
for some reason, nice. speaking of what's not was, it reminded me that at some point I need to explain to you why the King of Rock and Roll by Prefab Sprout is one of the best bits of songwriting ever. You will never ever hear me uh, disagreeing with you uh, on on that or anything um, that uh, um, Paddy's done. Um, and my brother kind of he, he showed me an article kind of breaking bits of it down and all the stuff that's overlooked. And I listened to it about thirty times in a row, like over a week. It's if I put on any music, it was that to listen again and hear the differences. And it's one of them where it's always just been that stupid throwaway song, and then you realise it's a genius bit of beautiful songwriting rather than incredible. the pop song. Yeah, well, absolutely incredible. There we go, Stuart Whiffin. There we go. You've done it. You've smashed it. How did it feel doing your own? Is it nice to get them? Off your, off your shoulders. Yeah, I kind of, I, you know, it was always one of the things I thought he's going to change constantly. And then, like, you know, when I spoke to you the other day, I was like, should we just get it done? And yeah. he was like, yeah, right. And, uh, and then done. even today, I had to do some sort of dad taxi stuff, and I was, like, running late. And I was like, if you want to do it another day, that's fine. Right. And, uh, well, let's just get it done. Stop coming back uh, out. Uh, but, yeah, no, um, it's, you know, I always love chatting records, and it's always nice to, to chat records with a mate. So I appreciate your time today, Pip. It's been great fun. And how's it been over the journey of Off the Beaten Track so far? Because, number one, you get to chat records and you love chatting records, but you've got to chat records with some of your absolute idols. Like some yeah. people you absolutely adore. <laughs> and idols. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, it, it's it's been so much fun, mate, and and in lockdown it's kept me sane. Yeah, uh, j- just you know, as as you know, you said to me today, have you just released three this week? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, because what's happening now is it's kind of well, me and Adam, like, me and Pod Bible Adam, were joking the other day because we're saying every time I talk to Stu, he says I'm recorded like up till November, so I'm going to take it easy for a bit, and then we'll say anyone about on, on Wednesday for for something or other, and you'll go, <laughs> I'm recording. F- Five episodes of the podcast. Um, <laughs> that was a one-off that day. <laughs> but, like but, yeah. saying, I'm really, I'm going to take a bit of a break. Oh, I'm recording five today. All right, cool. Good break. <laughs> well, look, I've, I've actually got um, my first one next week in a studio, uh, which is going to be the first one in, like, what, five months? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm sitting with the, the singer at the vaccines. Um, oh, wow. That'd be cool. Ne- next Monday. So that should be a really good chat. He sent his records over and there's some good, some good chat to be had there. Love it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been brilliant. Like, you know, speaking to, to lots of people from my formative years in music, you know, I've not put out the one with Miles Hunt from the, the Wonder Stuff yet. That'll be coming out very soon. Um, and, and, and that was just brilliant. And, you know, speaking to the likes of Carter and EMF and all of them bands that time with the things that when I was talking about clubbing before I got mm. into DJing was it's been brilliant speaking to these people because they you know they were they were the posters on my wall yeah um and then you know you touched on Maxine there you know as, as you know when I set this up I was like Maxine Peak, Johnny Marr they're yeah. they're they're my two dream guests dream guest, and, yeah. and and it was great to to speak to Maxine and and yeah Johnny Marr I mean, yeah, where are you? He's on, on the list. You know. Let's make it happen. He's on, he's on the list. He's on the list. And uh, But, yeah, he's, he's been brilliant. And, and, yeah, none of it would have, uh, have happened had you not kind of said, why are you doing our core listing podcast? And, and yeah, so, I, 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 yeah, I can't, you know, I can't thank you enough for, for getting me into podcasting. Oh, and good. Absolute pleasure. And supporting it via the network, you know. We, we, we're really lucky that the, the network's a, a lovely little gang to be part yeah, of. Yeah, it's a you good know, little like, group of people, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, well, there we go. That has been your off the beaten track, Stuart Whiffin. Nice one, Pip. Thanks, man. Cheers, mate. There you go. Scroobius Pip. Scroobius Pip. Um, can't thank him enough. You know, it's uh, you know lucky to have um, you know to have, to have Pip as a good pal. You know, who's um, touched on it towards the end of the podcast. You know, that I, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be doing any kind of podcasting thing, and it's become such a you know, major part of my life now, whether it be off the beaten track, whether it be hardcore listing or, or obviously the publication that me, Pip and Adam have, Pod Bible. Um, you know, that's all come from, you know, me and Pip playing records together in a club and, and you know, and him being a podcast pioneer and, and uh, and yeah, and us kind of tagging along and, and you know, forging some involvement and, uh, and seeing, you know, if it'll blossom. And uh, to then sort of, you know, return to, chatting to Pip on off the beaten track not as a guest but being able to you know as a host and to uh and for me to be the guest was 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 lovely you know who better to you know to talk about uh my records with than uh than you know my very first guest and pal so um yeah thanks once more to Pip thanks to you lovely lot for listening and supporting off the beaten track uh and helping it grow um by you know liking loving sharing retweeting you know everything that you lot do to uh, to help, you know, keep this podcast ticking along. Um, I'm back next time, back in the uh, back in the seat of host again. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been uh, an absolute joy to be uh, to be guest today. Hope you enjoyed it. I'll see you next time. Bye bye. I've got an announcement. Save our souls clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk. Why am I telling you this? they're our official sponsor yeah that's right go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale you're going to love it so they've decided they want to be our sponsor which is amazing and what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing so here's a little bit of blurb so they've only been going a year and they're based in South End on Sea just up the road from me they put the company together based on a a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. And in addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So, if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk, official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track Podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me, Stu Whiffin. Eat it, boy.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.